from Touchstone Pictures. Monstrous trolls have sprung to life. Your from and now, Ernest P. Worrell is springing into action. He'll try anything. I know Tai Chi Kung Fu And everything. Your shoes untied. To save the day. It's showtime. Yeah. It's Ernest P. Worrell in a brand new movie. Ernest Scared Stupid. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? You know what I mean? Starts Friday, October 11th at a theater near you. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. And to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Hello, everyone. Question for you. What's your uh, thing with Dune? Do you guys interested in seeing it because i have a bunch of friends and co-workers that are sort of swing the gambit on that i don't know if i've ever ever talked to you guys about that i have never seen the original never read the book so i am on the i don't know i'm yeah. sure it's fine for a camp there's a couple co-workers that were like doing that really gatekeepy like thing like you don't know dune <laughs> you know in work and right. it made me do that thing that you guys know with me, where I'm like, should I know Dune? Should I? Did, is this is this something I should know? Like, really self-conscious about it. And so that's why I went to check in with you guys. Yeah. I saw the David Fincher Dune. Uh, and David Lynch. I hated it. Oh, yeah. David Lynch. What did I say? Fincher? Yeah, David Lynch. Who's I'm that? sorry. Oh, who's David Fincher? Is that a person? It is. It's another director. Director. But... Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, David Lynch. Yeah, I saw that, and I hated it. I hear it, it sucks. Really bad. Yeah. Like, I've, I am aware of the documentary called Yodorowsky's Dunes about Alejandro Yodorowsky when he was trying to. That's about it. I have no allegiance to Dune. I'm not a huge Timothy Chalamet fan. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. <laughs> He's just not my type of man. You know, if this is Chris Hemsworth in the lead role, day one, I'll be there, baby. But uh, yeah. scrawny little Edward Scissorhands looking Timothy Chalamet. Hmm. Uh, no, nope. that's I think you're thinking of uh, Willy Wonka looking motherfucker. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I can't get behind a leading man with such small shoulders, man. <laughs> he doesn't have How the shoulders to carry a film. There How you go. Uh, I was like 25, maybe 26. Okay. Yeah, so he's old enough to to have broader shoulders. Is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, okay. yeah. He was a teenager, then I can kind of give him a pass. No, <laughs> I mean, he'll forever be able to. Po- he'll probably forever be able to play a teenager. He's got like DiCaprio syndrome, where he's forever mm. going to look like he's wearing his dad's clothes. <laughs> you know, like DiCaprio. It's of no fault of his own. I think DiCaprio is a fine actor, but like Shutter Island is the big one for me because it's also like period clothes yeah it looks like he's playing dress up the entire time and i guess that's really the point of shutter island is sort of he is playing dress up but he looks like i'm not supposed to be wearing these these are my dad's because they don't fit (laughs) quite right and i'm i'm perpetually 17 i'm trying to remember did shutter island take place in the 50s uh it's kind of indeterminate of when it happens okay but like yeah 50s 60s ish he's got like the, the hat the coat 
I feel like a lot of men dressed in overly baggy clothing, right? Like, you saw some some older people in that time. They, you know, they had the bigger coats. I and... I would imagine a lot of that had to do with people not having enough money to get suits tailored. Yeah, you know, and just bought something that just fit, quote unquote. Right, you'll grow into it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe was tailoring a thing in the fifties. Yeah, it had to have been right. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was even more of a thing because everyone wore a suit to work. That's a good point. Yeah, they wore it everywhere, right? Yeah, Sunday best. Yeah, yeah I wore don't... It to ball game stuff. That's right, and, and and flying when you flew, you had to dress up. <laughs> Everybody was a spy. <laughs> uh, so wait, are we talking? Are we still talking about Timothy Shamalay? Shamalan? Yeah, Shamalama Ding Dong. Shamalama Ding Dong. I'll net for the life of me. I'll never get his last name right. I think it's I think it's Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. and he's got that and it's Timothy with two E's at the end. Get bent, oh. dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He he he's made a mortal enemy out of you. I yeah. I am I am beyond glad that my stammering into a Dune question has led to that sentence from Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I have no I have no uh, love for this movie. I, I have no desire to see the new one. Supposedly Zendaya only has like three lines in it. Well, that's who I really want to see. So yeah. Uh, speaking of her, I'm just looking at Timothy Chalamet pictures, and there's one of him of them on the red carpet together. She's like stunning, you know, dressed to the nines, and he's wearing like a sparkly crew neck sweatshirt. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, see, and also, you know what? I I do have a, a bone to pick with Timothy because I feel like he's trying to steal Tom Holland's girl there. They're like best friends now. Like, hey, man, that's Spider Man's chick. All right, <laughs> like relax there, pump the brakes. <laughs> You're saying that uh, men and women can't be friends? There, I mean, there's no such thing. No such thing as friends. Yeah, I mean, they're two very attractive people, so I could probably say that, yeah, I probably couldn't be and die with getting weird. Exactly. And when and when I hear it's like they've become very good friends in like Hollywood or in any time in real life, right? Right. Somebody, it's oh, usually Hollywood. Become... Hollywood's like the Olympic village at all times, right? Like oh, everybody's man. fucking yeah. everybody. That's how it seems, at least, right? Or I mean, maybe in our mind. bought me anything. Right. right. Vinny Chase was always fucking. Right. But he was also like borderline underage girls. So I hope that's not what's going on there. But regardless, I, I do think that there's some Tom Free going. I, I don't like how that's happening to Spidey. Right? He has <laughs> he leads a, a rough life as it is. All right. <laughs> oh, here's a picture First he lost Tony. <laughs> then he's losing Zendaya. Terrible. Heart, the heartbreak is forever. Here's a picture of Timothy <laughs> yep. Chalamet. A cannibal, Army Hammer. <laughs> Before or after he uh probably before this is looks like call yeah. me by your red carpet yeah, that that would be interesting like, yeah i still hang out with him even though i know he's a cannibal <laughs> not that bad of a guy except for the cannibal right. right well he hasn't hasn't eaten me yet right so he can't be that bad <laughs> this is everyone else's problem uh, some of his best friends are <laughs> right. yeah how could i eat people my best friends are <laughs> okay so guys what have you watched this week anything uh, I watched two movies. Uh, one was on Netflix called Till Death with uh, our girl Megan Fox. Okay. Solid movie. Uh, it, it's basically, have you gentlemen seen uh, Ger- uh, Gerald's Game? I haven't, but I know the basic premise of this movie. Right. So uh, estranged wife and husband go to a remote cabin and they're they're trying to spice up their marriage. Husband ties himself to the wife, husband dies, and now the wife has to kind of figure out how to survive. This is kind of amped up to 11, where Megan Fox is married to some big shot lawyer, 
but she's cheating on him. There's a strained relationship there. And he takes he takes her to a remote cabin in the wintertime. And this time, instead of the, in the Gerald's game, he has a heart attack. In this movie, spoiler alert, he blows his brains out, uh, handcuffed to Megan Fox. So it's really mm-hmm. Megan Fox carrying the movie. And it's pretty mm-hmm. good. I'd, I'd probably give it a six and a half out of ten. Not, not bad. Some really good uh, suspenseful moments. Gotcha. And I love Megan Fox. Who doesn't? And then the other movie I watched was not a horror movie. I saw The Last Duel theaters. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah what made this, you go uh, to theaters to see this? Because I have seen, like, I've heard good things, but I've literally seen zero marketing. Right. And that's the, what kind of surprised me. Because we, I went with a mutual friend of ours. Uh, and we, I was trying, I thought we would go see Bond. That just seemed like more up our friend's alley. And. I was like, all right, well, he wanted to see The Last Duel because someone said it's kind of gladiator-esque. Oh. So, yeah. But it was really good. I was very surprised. It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Essentially, it's based off a true story in 1300 France. And the big surprise was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck hate each other. Usually they're they're best friends, right? They're boys in whatever movie they're in. But, uh, yeah, they don't they don't like each other. Uh Adam Driver is awesome in it. Matt Damon's good. Uh, I like Matt Damon, obviously. But essentially, it's a um, it's a it's a, a tale of three different sides of a story. So there's Matt Damon's truth, Adam Driver's truth, and then the truth is in. Mm-hmm. in it's really well done. It's a good period piece. Uh, I would highly recommend it. It's it's kind of a diamond in the rough. Very sounds like uh, Rashomon. I've never movie. seen Rashomon. Oh, that's a that's an excellent max if you have. Okay, yeah, I gotta check that out. Um, okay, Mark, what have you not watched this week? <laughs> so I considered Midsommar, but did not pull the trigger. But in all seriousness, I will actually have a movie to talk about next week because I am going to see Last Night in Soho this weekend coming up. So I will be able to contribute next week because it's one of the movies I've been looking forward to for months now. So just like Bond, I am glad um, that it is finally here. Great. And I watched a few movies. I watched a lot of horror movies this week. Uh, I just wanted to talk about specifically Halloween Kills because I went to the theater to see it. And Dan. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you had watched it last week. I saw it in theaters. It was a afternoon on Friday. So there's like three other people in the theater. I can't say I hate it, but I don't like it a whole lot. That's for damn sure. <laughs> the Michael Myers parts were cool. Michael's killing some motherfuckers. Always great. But everybody's just so fucking lame in this. Like, they introduce so many characters and so many townspeople, and everyone's just a fucking dork throughout this whole goddamn movie. <laughs> Everyone in Haddonfield's a fucking dork. They only have, like, three guns among all the townspeople. Like, why not more? Where's a shotgun when you need it? That is um, definitely not middle America for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Haddonfield, Illinois, it should be, though. Anthony Michael Hall sucks balls in this he, movie. I, I, he offered nothing and in that movie. I hated that they had him in it. And he's also pretty terrible in the movie, right, Ant? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like weird choices to bring certain characters back. Like, like the nurse from the first 10 minutes of the original Halloween is all of a sudden a, a character in this movie just for her, spoiler alert, for her to die. Because everybody fucking... Yeah. It's weird, and she's palling around with Tommy Doyle and Lindsay from across the street. It's like, it's just stupid. Like, 
And maybe it's being after, you know, we're a generation that has lived through Columbine and 9-11 and a 20-year war. It's quaint that this whole town is so upset that three people were murdered 40 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it has has a stranglehold on this entire town what has happened 40 years ago because most of the people because it takes place immediately after the events of the first one so most of these people are unaware of the events that have happened so far that night so they have no idea that michael myers is going around killing people michael myers to them is still the story that happened 40 years ago and tommy doyle barely knows anybody that died in that movie the one person he knows from 40 years ago was his babysitter that that survived laurie strode Lindsay survived. This is Lindsay's babysitter that got it. And he doesn't know anything mm. about PJ Souls' character and her boyfriend. It's stupid. It's and it's I said it on Twitter. It's like it's not the worst Halloween, but it's the worst Halloween movie from people that should know better. Because this whole series is like this whole trilogy is created David Gordon Greed and what's his name? Danny McBride. Danny McBride have revitalized it with like this an appreciation for the originals it's not like some sort of cash grab like halloween resurrection was or halloween h2o like these people that grew up as fans of the series and now they're like oh now as fans we have a great addition to this lore and we're gonna ignore most of them and create our own timeline and that sounds like it's in the proper hands it's just like just silly it's so cringy at some part like the go ahead sorry to interrupt but do, do you think it would have made more sense if michael wasn't there right there was no michael myers so i've said that that's something that i've said before like if 2018 so my version of 2018's halloween is this the reason why they won't give me money to make a movie <laughs> is the whole setup of laurie strode you know has prepared for 40 years for for michael to come back she's always she's on her guard for 40 years but he never comes back he's either you know maybe he hangs himself in prison or he comes out and he's a normal person he has no interest in killing anybody and they almost do it in 2018 because 2018 he has no interest in killing her he's just killing like yeah. she imagines this connection with michael which i love i love that aspect of, of this trilogy where she has imagined this for 40 years that there is some sort of connection between her and Michael, and he is going to come back to finish the job of what he'd failed to do 40 years prior. So that I like. That's the point. That's like the twist of this movie, right? Uh, it's it's the twist of the second. It, like, they they say that in this, but it's also it's really the twist of the first one, because the, mm, okay. the whole setup is that the doctor drives him to to Laurie. But that's the only that's reason right. why that's the only reason why they come face to face at the end. But yeah, it's just it's just super corny and i wasn't expecting something corny like all the all the townspeople stuff is just stupid Mm -hmm. like i said they're a bunch of they're a town full of fucking dorks like nobody's (laughs) cool nobody's like somebody's like man i hope that person survives it's like (laughs) hope michael just you know impales this person on something really cool i thought the gay couple was pretty funny i thought they were good characters they're, they're funny but is it is it is there a purpose other than that you know not really. Like, did you need? No, did you want to see them survive? Did you? What the one guy I did, Michael uh, McDonald. Michael, yeah, Michael McDonald. I thought that would have been cool. Survived, but I'm not totally bummed that he didn't. Yeah, you know, like the the couple, like the the nurse doctor couple. Oh, they corny. were kind of stupid. I Her threw death my... was pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah. 
I have no idea why she's shooting from 40 yards away in through a door, though. Right. Because these people are idiots. <laughs> yeah. And there was times where I was looking for somebody to talk to in the theater. It was just like, um, really? I was just like, uh, like I threw up my hands when like, for some reason, the strode women do not hold on to their weapons ever. <laughs> it was like, oh, I stabbed Michael. Now I'm going to throw this perfectly good weapon to the side. So oh, I'll never use it again. Right. Like, Fuck you, Judy Greer. And, and for some reason, nobody likes to go for the head. Nobody go like just decapitate him. Like right. he's got. There's got to be a saw somewhere in this town, chainsaw <laughs> or, or otherwise. A shovel. A shovel. Yeah. You could do it with a shovel. I've seen that. Or just like you know, when he's on the ground, you know, tie some chains around his his arms and tie some chains around his legs. Tie those to two trucks and pull. <laughs> that would be a pretty cool death. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Michael wasn't going to die in this movie because there's a third one. But just right. I would prefer Michael surviving without having to rely on stupid decisions made by characters we care about. I also I also really hated the beginning with, with uh, the the cop as a kid. Mm -hmm. It was my fault. Not really. I, I guess. But there's no need for it. I don't buy the whole thing of like, oh, I stopped Loomis from shooting, Loomis. from killing yeah. him. Like, why would you do that? Like, I don't, I like, I was just trying to do the right thing. It's like, there's nothing in any of the story that that comes off as that's the right thing to do. Especially <laughs> after you murder your, your partner. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the last thing. It was pretty disappointing. the right thing. That's yeah. all. I guess that's the long and short of it. I was disappointed in it. And it, it didn't make me excited for Halloween ends. Yeah. And I knew going into it, like there was like mixed reviews. And I was hoping that um, I was hoping that just like the pure brutality of Michael Myers and this one was going to carry it through. But there's a lot of flaws in it that I just ignore. It's like a it's like a five. And I don't really even feel kind of that high of a score. Yeah. yeah I, I think the kills were they, they had some good kills. I, I thought the um, the opening scene with Michael was pretty cool with the firefighters. Yeah. Firefighter scene is super cool. Yeah, but that also I don't know I don't know why the firefighters are already uh, are ready to throw down. <laughs> For all they know, this guy is just like <laughs> he, he's a survivor. This guy needs medical attention. Not I'm <laughs> uh, here comes I'm getting my axe ready. And I, I don't understand how this guy is so capable of easily dispatching ten people at once. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna need to explain it. Like yeah. it's gone too far at this point. It's like he's survived I, too much. I mean, he's he's been beaten to you yeah. know beaten with a baseball bat, stabbed multiple times, shot multiple times. And I I guess what they're trying to say is every time he kills, he transcends more. But that's not grounded anymore. That I thought we were trying to make a grounded Halloween, yeah. and right. I guess not. Yeah, I think they got a little greedy on his powers without yeah. like without explaining them. It's like okay, now you're 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 stepping into the supernatural. Like yeah. he's been shot multiple times, burned alive. He's sixty-five. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you got to explain this at some point. Yeah, yeah. Something needs to be done here. It, it it better not be something stupid. Like he's a like a lab experiment or some shit. Right. It's like even like the originals. They always explain as stupid as their explanations were of why there's a new one and why how Michael survived the last movie. There was always an explanation, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and, I think Halloween, it, going from Halloween 2 to Halloween 4, I think, like, that wasn't Michael under that mask at the end of Halloween 2. That was somebody else or something like oh, that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they they run over some guy, right? And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, they thought it was Michael, but it wasn't. And I think Halloween, 
four into five is where the thorn oh, cultists the thorn. start to like the man in black i think picks them up i don't and remember then, and I think in one movie uh one of the kids kind of becomes possessed that's the it's end a... of halloween four is okay. where danielle harris's character kills her stepmom and it's like it sets it up like oh she's She's the new that's, Michael. I suppose she's the new Michael Myers. Um, yeah. They never really follow through with that in five. You see, that, that kind of stuff would be way better if it, if you pass the torch. Yeah. But disappointing. Yeah. That's all I got. So uh, we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some ads and we're going to pay those bills. And we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was the result of our Halloween themed Twitter poll. So we put up a poll last to discuss for you guys to pick uh our movie and this week's theme was movies that take place on halloween and i was a little bit of a stickler for you guys because we were getting a little bit we're finding out a lot of movies do take place on halloween but that really does not play into the plot like apparently the exorcist technically takes place at some point on halloween poltergeist technically takes place somewhere on halloween so we had to kind of draw the line in the sand kind of die hard style um that uh i said if it says halloween in its plot summary in on wikipedia then it works if it doesn't then it doesn't. so dan what it was your pick house two really af- yeah i was gonna say i was really afraid that you were gonna ask me because i couldn't remember you picked house two okay which i was surprised i thought you were gonna pick trick-or-treat but that's too good it is too i mean we also threw around the exorcist and polter yeah <laughs> Uh, but it, I, I didn't think we were going to go that route. So I just right. figured, all right, let me pick a bad one. Uh, Mark, what was your choice? Uh, May, I believe it's called. May, um, May, which I've heard good things. I know nothing about it other yeah, than I've heard good I things. saw the weird trivia that the, one of the editors on that movie was uh, Ryan Johnson. Okay. So I was like, uh, not that I would notice that, oh, that's a Ryan Johnson edit. <laughs> um, but it was just the name popped up um, when I was trying to find movies that took place on Halloween. They were like, oh, yeah. One of the associate editors was Ryan Johnson. Like, oh, okay. That's something interesting that we could talk about if it wins. And then my pick. And I kind of cheesed it a little bit because everybody loves Ernest. And this will yeah. be our third Ernest movie. Um, and okay. I picked Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. And before we one. get into it, I did a count on IMDb. There are 12 different iterations of Ernest that he has done. That's either been uh, straight to video or um, yeah, movie theater. So 12, ver- 12 Ernest movies. Yeah, 12 things where he's played Ernest, because there's some things like, hey, Vern, uh, and then, it, you know. Like the shorts those, or something. Yeah, like those that. are the straight to, like, hour-long straight to VHS. Gotcha. Yeah, so Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. So, uh, gentlemen, where are you coming from with Ernest Scared Stupid? This is a Halloween staple, man. This is, uh, I, I watched this. Pretty much when it first came out in '91, I saw it with some friends. I would I would watch this pretty much every Halloween. It's such a stupid movie, but it's an earnest movie. You got to expect it's pretty much it goes by cartoon physics essentially. So you shut your brain off, you enjoy Ernest. He's such a dumb character, but he he means so well. I and I thought for the time period and for an earnest movie, they they had a pretty good budget value here it's the trolls look cool at times i'm good it's the word i'm looking for uh actual practical, uh, effects. The, practical effects yeah i say it all the time uh some good practical effects here and there obviously you're gonna get some cheese but yeah I, I this movie is harmless this is something that i would probably look forward to watching with my kid when they're old enough to to watch joy horror movie yeah i, I like this movie great mark what about you 
Yeah, so uh, this has an actually strange tie in with uh, with uh, luck that I had as a kid. Um, I actually won a uh, write-in contest for a local newspaper um, to go see this when our movie theater opened right down the street um, uh, from our house. It was this and forget the other movie um, that they were showing as the first two movies in this theater. And uh, so I saw this in theaters when it when it came out um, as part of a uh, contest into our weekly local neighborhood newspaper. Um, so what was, it's always what was the contest. Ah, uh, you just write your name and mail it to, them and they pick uh, it that randomly. Was, that was something yeah. more fun. It's same here. I wish it was, <laughs> but I won like tickets to to Dawny Park and um this thing and a bunch of things when I was between the ages of like six and ten for some unknown reason. Um. <laughs> Maybe I was one of like a dozen people actually entering these contests with this paper. Um, <laughs> I just have really good odds. Um, but yeah, so I've watched this movie a few times. Um, I think my main takeaway from watching this after watching the other two movie, Ernest movies we watched, is he works a lot better with young kids um, mm-hmm. in terms of his character interactions um, over a whole movie. Like, that's why I think Saves Christmas is okay, but, you know doesn't age too well in the fact that a lot of his interactions are with adults in that movie mm-hmm. um so this one being a little more he's being goofy for the kids kind of kind of gets into that wheelhouse that 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 Ernest is supposed to be um but it is definitely one of those movies that if you want to like slowly get your kids into horror movies um you can you can sort of um let this be like uh the gateway into it. it it's silly enough to laugh um they may not get some of some jokes and references like a lot of the uh um john wayne references for some reason sure um in this movie but um yeah it, it's it's perfectly fine um probably i would say at least top three of the of the main earnest ones that went to theaters um you know i uh you know um it, it's definitely not one of like goes to school that we watched that is absolute trash mm-hmm. uh, but yeah uh the the one thing i did notice and maybe i differ from um some of you and maybe maybe the audience is um i it, the stick doesn't work as well anymore for me um there was a lot of times i just sat there stone-faced and you know things were getting drug out too much because he had to go through his seven multi personality characters yeah you know during a scene and I'm like, oh, come on, I, I will get it. Go, go, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's a place and time thing or an age thing with that. But that was one thing that that finally clicked with me um, watching through this. Gotcha. As for me, I remember seeing this in theaters. and I think I talked about this memory on this podcast at least once. Um, I remember going to the theater and my dad going up to the ticket counter and um, he says to, he goes up to the counter and he talks to the usher and he's like, can I get four tickets to? And then he stops, dramatic pauses, turns and dead stares me straight in the eye. And he says, Two t- four tickets for stupid earnest. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then <laughs> I'm going to need you to do that in the accent. I don't I don't know if that's much of an accent word. Okay. Stupid <laughs> earnest. Uh, and he turns back around and. I don't really remember many times dragging my parents to the theater to see specifically kid movies. This and Cop and a Half, which my parents made sure to show up 20 minutes late. (laughs) (laughs) So the kid was already 
buddied up with Burt Reynolds by the time we walked into the theater. Um, but yeah, this movie's fun. Uh, it's definitely a gateway horror movie. Probably is a generation's first jump scare. That scene in the bed with the the little girl. Yeah, he's checking under the bed, and then he pops up. Um, yeah, it's the shtick of all the multiple personalities of Ernest. But I mean, if you're not six, that probably doesn't work. Um, it's fun though. I, you know, Jim Varney, he's just so much fun to watch in the in the, as this character. I think we've said that Eartha Kitt is fantastic in this movie. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention that she's yeah. great. Rimshot is the MVP of this movie. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> he almost kills Ernest. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's fun. Uh, it's a shame that Jim Varney died so young. I think we even said this on uh, what we came yeah. across with Ernest Saves Christmas that he's he's fun to watch. He's in his element here. And, uh, the practical effects are fantastic. It's from the Chiodo brothers who did the practical effects on killer clowns from outer space they designed the trolls which i think there's one they lift directly from killer clowns from outer space that Um, makes perfect sense they are very killer clown-esque yeah but yeah i it's a good time i if you got young kids i would 100 percent suggest trying to find this we watch this via dubious means our good friend um but yeah it's weird that it's not streaming anywhere i think it's technically owned by disney and that's probably the reason yeah okay yeah question for you guys Uh, real quick since we've watched three earnestness right Mm -hmm. we've watched uh scared stupid saves christmas and back to school right yep so marry fuck kill (laughs) these earnest okay What what do you got uh this is easy uh it's it's Mary scared stupid. Fuck saves Christmas and kill ghost. Mark, what do you? Hundred percent, the same thing. The only one I was sitting here debating on was you know uh, Mary and fuck because obviously we're killing back to school. Um, yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, I agree uh, with, with the aunt in the sense that just to give a little more explanation is that um, scared stupid you marry because you want to be able to watch it or be with it forever. Uh, saves Christmas is that you need just that extra hit of Christmas. Um, so yeah, interesting. So you all up that. in Christmas's guts. Yeah, yeah. You're just like <laughs> man, man. I just, I just got done watching uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I just need one more hit. Ah, ah. <laughs> give me Ernest. Give me Ernest. That's an interesting take because I, you see, I was being, I'm going the opposite way where I marry Christmas. Fuck, stupid. Because in my, in my opinion, Christmas is such a sacred time. It's like you, you don't want to fuck it, you know, you, and you got to be married to it before you perform that, right? Like, because then baby Jesus is going to be upset. We don't want that. It's like, you know, Halloween, that's a time to be, you dress up like real slutty and whatever. And then you're like, hey, Ernest, scared stupid, come on over, have a little party, you know what I'm saying? And then you get, you know, you, you get a little, you get a little rowdy with Ernest, scared stupid. Okay. But we're definitely killing uh, acts that serves no purpose in life. And uh, going back to your point about Jim Varney um, and um, it, his IMDb profile is interesting because you see that he finds his groove with Ernest and it's basically all he does except for like Beverly Hillbillies. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, right before he passed, you know, he got into, you know, Toy Story yeah. playing Slinky Dog. Um, and it was just like, this is a man that was like, nope. Uh, I know what makes me money, and uh, it looks like I need uh, bank accounts running a little low. I need to go make another Ernest movie. Right. Let's go do it, you know. Definitely. You know, it didn't take much in between. Um, Yeah, that that was one of my uh, favorite, um, you know, looks through an IMDb. Just going, wow, he did like like these little things for like 
Disney rides and just any chance he got that someone would pay him to play Ernest, he would go do it. Yeah. So I feel like if he were still alive, he'd probably be doing another Ernest movie, right? Yep. Yeah, that'd Ernest be great. Stops COVID or something. <laughs> uh, a pandemic Ernest movie. All yes. shot on zo- over Zoom. <laughs> and it's just him talking to the different personalities. Talking to Vern. Hey, oh, Vern, Vern, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, get the, you get the shot there, Vern? I'd watch that. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh. Or Pfizer, Vern. <laughs> oh, and then Bobby and Tommy show up on the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it. Why not? Yeah. So, Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991 is directed by John R. Cherry III, who directed just about every single Ernest, including Ernest Saves Christmas, which we've already covered. Stars Jim Varney, Eartha Kitt, Austin Nagler, Shay Astor, Jonas Muscartolo, John Cadenhead, and Bill Burge. IMDb score of 5.8 and a Rotten Tomato score of 17%. Budget $9.6 million. Box office $14.1. The modest returns on this is what uh, made Disney uh, stop ties with Ernest movies. That's why all the ones after that were directed. Yeah, you guys ready to get in the plot? You guys, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, All right, chomping at the bit. Dan, what do you got for us? Okay, so if you listen to our podcast, you know this is the time where we give a shout out to two of our good friends, Tia and Brittany, and they have their very own podcast, Tea Time with Tia. It's a podcast where Tia and Brittany just uh, basically shoot the shit. Really, they they pick a topic and they just go free form with it. Uh, very lovely people, very nice. I got to meet them at the New York Comic Con and just. The coolest people. Uh, Tia also writes for Geek Vibes Nation. She's their head writer. So go on over to gvnation.com. Check out her stuff there. Uh, Brittany Streams. Uh, Itty Bitty Brit on twitch.tv.com. Again, if you're looking for excellent people to get in contact with to entertain you, look no further than those two lovely ladies. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast. And we'll be back in the... Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for Ernest scared stupid we open on jim varney as Ernest, mugging for the camera as he reacts to clips of public domain horror movies as a credits roll movies include nosferatu white zombie phantom from space the killer shrews little shop of horrors and many more we cut to yeah. briarville go ahead i was gonna say that has it it and that's be one of my favorite openings to a Ernest movie. Yeah, it's a good it's one. Just, it gets to the point. It's kind of dumb. Um, 
And it's a great use of, of scene setting for this type of movie. Yeah, definitely. And we cut to Briarville, Missouri. Long time ago, as a girl gets chased through the woods by something unseen, very reminiscent of the opening of Troll 2. As the thing closes in on the little girl, Annette gets tossed over the thing, and a group of Salem-era-looking people cheer the capture of this thing. Then at night, Jim Varney plays some sort of authority figure as the townspeople gather to see the thing buried in an oak tree is planted. Apparently, this killed more than a couple of town's children. Before he is buried, the troll curses the townspeople in the towns. At a certain point in the future, one of their own will spill their blood on the tree, and it will set the troll free. Something like that. I, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? There was, no su- there was no subtitles on this, so I couldn't get yeah. exactly what the troll said. It turns out that this le- this is a legend being relayed by Elizabeth, an elementary school student, to her classmates as a report on the history of their town. As some bully kid calls Elizabeth out on trying to pass off a legend as history, Kenny, our hero kid, white knights for Elizabeth. And the bully tries to embarrass Kenny by saying he likes Elizabeth, but probably won't come back in some sort of social anxiety for Kenny in about five years. So definitely the uh, kid's first uh, experience with simping. Yep. He's simping hard for Elizabeth, and she thinks he's a dork. The teacher waves the bully off, saying that the legends are a part of history, especially for a, t- a town with such a unique history, such as the town of Briarsville. And as she is a black woman, you just know, based on how she said that and how this is Missouri, that the town's <laughs> past must be checkered with some racist-ass shit. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought that. <laughs> well, they, they seem to do a good job at the beginning of having everyone's included on capturing this creature, right? There, yep. I mean, you have white people and black people. It's like, I wonder, I wonder what the relationship <laughs> are there. Yeah. I wonder if those people were required to be there. Right. That's yeah. I, I was curious, but uh, they, they they skirt that. It's just like, yeah, you know, we're uh, we're capturing a monster. Speak nothing of anything else going on here. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth then finishes the story, telling the teacher that the curse put on Phineas, Jim Varney's character from the before times, would be that his descendants would get dumber and dumber as the generations passed. Cut to Ernest P. Worrell, working as a sanitation worker, trying out some sort of invention he's made to automate his garbage truck. And sure enough, the intervention immediately goes haywire and winds up tossing Ernest into the back of the truck. And then his Jack Russell rim shot accidentally turns on the compactor and Ernest winds up in a Star Wars-esque garbage compactor situation. Tries to prop the compactor open with exhaust pipe and then a shovel and then tries to jam a doll head into the gears. Plus a few other attempts to stop it, but nothing. Luckily, Ernest, take the hint. (laughs) Luckily, Rimshot hogs the horn enough to get Kenny and Elizabeth to come out and Kenny manages to open the truck. And as and he has a terrible John Wayne impression, which Elizabeth does not approve of. She rolls her eyes so hard they almost fall out of her head. She definitely read that interview from John Wayne. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking, like, in in no circumstance ever is quoting John Wayne going to get you the girl. Yeah, especially if you're nine and she doesn't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, right. right. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's going to impress me. A John Wayne impression. Right, something that my dad loves. Yeah, that's what that's what's gonna get me. Did you, your grandma make you watch The Searchers on TCM one weekend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he saves Ernest from a certain death as he comes spilling out of the truck with a giant cube of garbage. Meanwhile, the mayor and sheriff are having a conversation specifically about Ernest. Specifically, Ernest was contracted to clean out a house for the Hackmore estate, but he hasn't. And the mayor wants him fired, which seems to be a theme in Ernest movies. I feel like, right? Like, he can never hold a job. He's always clinging to a job. That is the the plot of Goes to School. He goes back to school because he gets fired because apparently you needed a degree to be a a 
a janitor at that school. And then he's barely hanging on being a taxi and a driver and say it's Christmas. Oh, he gets fired, doesn't he? Gets he gets fired, yeah. He gets fired. Because he, he gives Santa a free ride. That's right. Yep. Ernest just... And doesn't charge him fair. Yeah. <laughs> just gets the shit kicked out of him from capitalism. Right, he's just too nice. He can't survive in this capitalist society. Nope, he's original socialist. <laughs> OG. Yeah. Uh, and then Ernest drives past, specifically not going towards the house he's supposed to be cleaning out. The sheriff pulls Ernest over to yell at him about not doing his job and then tells Kenny and Elizabeth to get in his car. Kenny is the sheriff's son. Tells Ernest to go to the Hackmore place. With- I'm curious, why is it the sheriff's job to tell a trash collector to do something i feel like there are only two people of authority in this town one is the sheriff the other is the mayor and they micromanage things yeah that's not that'd be weird right if like the the local sheriff tells you know the baker hey man you're supposed to bake uh 12 dozen bear claws what what's going on here um yeah i think the the mayor and the sheriff are having an argument about it and i think the may i think basically the town has decided that the hackmore estate has to be cleaned it's like a a law so i guess he put uh ernest in charge of it as basically his job uh, in that out okay yeah it's like he had a writ of from the from the state or the the county or whatever his county because his sheriff um to have that uh that property clean so is that his only job then like he's just doing that and then he's fired I mean, he's supposed to be picking up trash, but pe- later on, people are complaining that no one's picked up their trash <laughs> yeah. in three days. Yeah. Is it his, it's his way of uh, prolonging his contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not an idiot. He knows what he's done. <laughs> I, I was just waiting for the uh, mayor to yell at the sheriff that he needed to figure out a way to uh, uh, keep Ernest in check because he didn't want to have to close the town on Halloween. <laughs> We these beaches will be open. <laughs> be the best uh, one of the best Halloweens we've ever had. So he tells Ernest to go to the Hackmore place and clean it out, or he's going to lose his job. So Ernest goes to the Hackmore place, and we find out that he hasn't gone to the Hackmore place because he's afraid of it and the woman that lives there. The yard is full of trash and looks kind of like the judge's house from nothing but trouble. Knocks on the door, immediately determines that no one is home, and then goes to leave. Then Eartha Kit comes out of the house, yelling at him to get off her property. Eartha Kit, old lady Hackmore, recognizes Ernest as the Worrell Kid, and she tells him that he will bring the curse to this town. And she shoots a flamethrower at him. <laughs> what a weird uh, segue. Yeah. Burns his face off. You're going to bring a <laughs> curse on this town and sets him on fire. It'd be great if he showed up in the next scene with no eyebrows. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Elizabeth shows off her scream and her and Kenny and her and another nerdy kid go through their homemade haunted house, detailing how they're going to get back at the Murdoch brothers, bullies and the sons, son of the sons of the mayor. As if on cue, the Murdochs show up and start shaking the house and the kids have to run out to safety just as the Murdochs successfully knock it down. Second movie in a row where someone calls someone else a butthead. <laughs> you made a big mistake, butthead. It's a good burn. Kenny goes running to Ernest to tell him about the Murdoch boys. Ernest tells him that he needs to look to the nation of Botswana and how it handled the Ottoman Empire. And he does all his characters from the middle-aged lady to the older lady, the Ottoman conqueror, an old prospector, etc. I could not find this information regarding Botswana and the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> the moops. <laughs> uh i'm not sure if this is historically accurate then then the jack that ernest was you the jack up his truck falls and goes flying crashing into the back window of the mayor's car 
But Kenny gets an idea that they need to find a tree to make the haunted house into a tree house. So Ernest and three kids go stomping into the woods to look for the perfect tree. They see a few trees with no promise, then find an eerie hollow to go further into the woods. Come across a very old, enormous tree that would very easily support a tree house. So they get to work hammering the shit out of it with nails and get to work to build the tree house below ground. The troll from the opening scene remains trapped as we hear the voice of Ernest's descendant speak of the horrors of the troll. Not far away. Miss Hackmore hears the commotion and comes out of her house. She sees them and yells at Ernest to get away, that he'll bring evil to the world, and she runs off. Ernest thinks she's upset because it's her tree, so he goes to talk to some sense into her as he leaves the Murdoch kids track down the treehouse with intentions on knocking it down once again. But our hero kids are ready for them this time, and the kids use some of Ernest's adventure to shoot food cans at them and fling pizzas at them. A waste of a perfectly pizza. Several, several. And then the Murdochs run off. So later, Ernest comes back to the treehouse and he tells of what he learned from Miss Hackmore. Tells the kids the exact way of summoning the troll, which has to be done by a whirl. And what do you know, he actually summons a troll, which is not unlike how they summon the demons in The Evil Dead. (laughs) Sky grows stormy as the troll starts to awaken and the kids run off. Ernest is left alone except for Rimshot and the troll comes into the treehouse. As he tries to get away, Ernest kicks over a trash can, spilling its contents out including a carton of milk, and the troll runs away. That's a hint. Yep. The kids stop Check running. Dog's milk. Yeah. The kids stop running, and the, they split up. Kenny and Elizabeth go one way, and the kid, whose name I'm not sure we've ever got, goes his own way. I think it winds up being Joey, but I think up until this point, he is not named. Uh, I could, uh, as the kid tries to return home, he falls into a ditch and struggles to climb out, as the storm has now made it muddy. So he calls out for someone to help him. He hears the voice that sounds like Ernest and a hand that grabs him. But when this kid looks up, it's the troll who has the ability to mimic Ernest's voice and turns into a doll. Meanwhile, Ernest runs all the way to the sheriff's house to tell him about the troll. Sheriff and his wife naturally tell Ernest he's crazy. Trolls go... Another staple of Ernest movies. Yep. (laughs) Ernest finds out the truth of the entire movie, but no one believes him. Yeah. Because he's a simpleton, right? He's like, he's basically a child. Yeah. It's... And I was... I was talking about this before... Just such a carefree time where a grown man could take three kids into the woods and the parents don't really question it. Yeah. Just like, oh, well, you know, what are, what are you doing there? We were building a treehouse. Okay, carry on. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everything was uh, was not sketchy. That, that, and... that doesn't sound like grooming behavior at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Ernest, Ernest dressed up in a bunch of different outfits. Say what now? <laughs> and two of them were ladies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like how yeah. the one always has a neck brace on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stereotype I, now, of old women. It's just they, do, they fall you, and break their necks. Do you think, so did he, did that poor kid have to stand there the entire time while Ernest went back and forth between dressing up between several characters? Yeah. It would have taken hours. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, he's like, all right, I got to put the, the, uh, I got to put the old lady makeup on. Now I got to put on the Mongol, uh, makeup on. This is a whole production. Who's got time for this? Nobody. Definitely not with his troll out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're wasting their time. Yeah. Uh, the troll goes back to under the tree and sets the wooden doll in place in the tree and pods start to grow on the tree. Ernest then goes to Miss Hackmore's house and he tells her that he unleashed the troll. So he tell, she tells him that he's cursed the town again. She brings him inside and she opens a book and reads about the troll. She realizes that Ernest is the one that needs to put an end to the curse because he's the descendant of Worrell. She calls him the Great Redneck Hope. So Ernest runs around Main Street with a bullhorn yelling at everyone about how the trolls are coming. He runs to the general store where Tommy and Bobby are trying to record a commercial and he tells them all about the troll. 
Tommy tells him that he knows all about trolls and has stuff that can help Ernest stop the trolls. So he starts ringing him up for all, for all the supplies to the tune of about $1,100. Meanwhile, Kenny and Elizabeth realize that Joey, the other kid, never came home last night. And Elizabeth thinks it has something to do with what Ernest was yelling about at Kenny's house the night before. So they go searching for Joey in the woods and make it back to the tree. They see a wooden doll of Joey and run off, never seeing that the troll is not far behind them. They make it to Miss Hackmore's place. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, I have to say, I really enjoyed the troll design in this. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. It's, yeah, like it was one of those like, oh, it's perfect for, um, you know, the the age range you're trying to hit with this movie. Um, it's scary, but not too scary. Um and I love the fact that, um, slight spoiler for later, how they're all born with clothes on um, yeah. uh, is, is a nice touch. And they were able to use that to their advantage to give them seemingly for the split second they're on screen, like different personalities. Sure. So Chiodo Brothers, man. Yep. Um, so they make it to Miss Hackmore's place and see Ernest's truck. So they go inside. Meanwhile, the troll makes do by snatching a skateboarding kid, which all of a sudden Miss Hackmore's place is right by the side of the road. Um, when it was in the woods the whole time. But that's neither here nor there. Miss Hackmore scares the kids by saying that there might be a sacrifice of a child in order to stop the troll. But Ernest instead tries to trap it in a trash can with some bait and promptly slams the trash can lid on his hand. The troll puts that part made me in. chuckle a little bit. <laughs> he does the delayed, the very delayed scream looking yeah. at the camera. Mm. The troll puts the skateboarding kid in the tree and his power gets to grow. Elizabeth is sent home by Ernest and Kenny because misogyny is strong in 1991 and they tell her to leave the troll hunting to them. Yep. They all go their separate ways and as Kenny goes home, he's jumped by the Murdochs who are wearing troll costumes, making fun of Kenny for being afraid of the troll. But his mom shows up just in time and the Murdochs scatter. Kenny asks his mom where his dad is and when she says he's not home, he runs off on his bike to go find him. At Elizabeth's house, she noticeably is scared of the troll and her mom tells her to get over it and refuses to look under the bed when she asks her to. So Elizabeth goes to look under her bed, and there's nothing there, but when she gets back up into her bed, the troll is right next to her. In probably a generation of kids' first jump scare ever, Ernest tries to prepare for troll hunting by setting up an enormous bear trap and by setting up a plan to head to, to the woods with Tommy and Bobby. Then he goes to the grocery store to get some snacks. The troll follows, follows him inside. The troll tries to sneak up on Ernest, but the clerk sees it. He and Ernest play an impromptu game of charades in an effort to warn Ernest what's behind him. The clerk eventually grabs a shotgun out from under the counter, causing Ernest to throw some of his purchases, including a carton of chocolate milk, and the troll runs away. That's important. As Kenny starts looking for his dad, he runs into another kid who's out trick-or-treating. They both hear what sounds like Elizabeth calling to them from a pipe, so they go to investigate. Kenny sticks his head in but sees nothing. When he comes out, he sees the troll and the troll turns the other kid into a doll and then chases Kenny. Kenny gets chased for a while and then a milk truck passes and the troll runs off. That's important. Meanwhile, <laughs> Ernest trap. <laughs> Why would the troll know what that is? I do not know. Or just question. because I guess because it has a picture of a cow on it. Maybe. Troll anything in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> milk truck. Holy shit. <laughs> Which apparently, as we find out later on, we're not sure Ernest can. <laughs> yeah he he struggled <laughs> meanwhile Ernest's trap has been sprung and he thinks it's a troll kenny's dad is inundated with a whole bunch of parents regarding their missing children and the lack of trash pickup kenny shows up and the mayor in the air and then Ernest arrives to proudly proclaim that he caught the troll but it just winds up it's the mayor's sons dressed like trolls and Ernest gets fired on the spot kenny tries to come to Ernest's defense and say he saw the troll but it's no use and the mayor and kenny's dad leave and Ernest is left to wallow in self-pity. But he quickly finds resolve to not give up and heads for the tree. 
I thought that bit was pretty good when uh, the the no quit. Oh, when he says, just ask my fourth grade teacher. Yeah, and it's him as a, it's him literally in the fourth grade, and yeah. uh, they do the they do the uh, callback to it later. Yeah, I I, th- I like that bit. That made me laugh. That's a pretty good bit. Ms. Hackmore is in her house, and she packs up some wooden dolls that seem to be her relatives. The troll sets up more dolls, and tree magic grows stronger. Ernest makes it to the tree and sees the pods growing, and says it looks like Brussels sprouts. Tell goes to tell Miss Hackmore what he's seen. As he drives, the troll jumps on the truck and starts attacking the truck, climbing on the windshield and stabbing at the car roof, cab roof. Troll eventually pulls off the door and starts climbing through the cab, trying to make Ernest pay for what his forefathers did to him. They wind up fighting on the flatbed as Rimshot steers the truck. Rimshot, again, is the... After falling, failing to use nunchucks on the troll and knocking himself out in the process, Ernest then throws a length of rope at the troll and knocks it off, off the back. But the troll grabs the rope and starts pulling the truck towards him. So Rimshot puts it in reverse and runs over the troll. When they put it back in the drive, they can't find it. But then it pops up again and knocks Ernest into a barrel and tosses the barrel off the truck. Then Tommy and Bobby then run over Ernest in the barrel. And that made me laugh. <laughs> when he runs over the, uh, the the troll? When Tommy and Bobby run over Ernest in the barrel. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. Him running over the troll made me laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> just the, the troll just yells and then it just boop runs right over him. <laughs> Both parts are very funny though. Yeah. The the next scene makes me laugh too when guess, uh, Eartha Kit is trying right. to get him out of it with a can opener, giant yeah. can opener, <laughs> a giant can opener. <laughs> he has to go to Miss Hackworth to help him out of the barrel with a giant can opener, and they read over the book on the trolls. And Ernest realizes that two pages were stuck together and happens to be the page that has information on how to get rid of the troll. But it's ripped, so Ernest thinks it says Miak because he can't tell <laughs> what the middle word letter is. Yeah. Did, now, did anyone catch the line that Ernest says prior to that? Uh, no. The two pages are stuck together? Yes. That kind of, that usually leads to some... Maybe it's just my mind. A blue, a blue joke about yes, yeah. what got those pages stuck together. Yeah. Why Why are they stuck together? Huh? What's going Semen. on there? <laughs> it's milk. Someone's <laughs> jerking off the trolls. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a kink. I'm sure there's people out there, right? I don't want a kink. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're sexualizing the troll and Ernest Scared Stupid, you should be kink shamed. <laughs> Is that where we draw the line? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there are other lines to also draw, but I mean, come on. You have to know it's a little weird, even if you're into it. Yeah, it's out there, right? You're just like rubbing one out, and you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I can't stop. <laughs> Listen, it, it was the, what was it, the 1700s? Not a whole lot to really go off of then. You gotta take what you can get. So, then everyone goes to the costume contest at the school, and Ernest goes in to warn everybody about the troll. Outside, Miss Hackmore sees an exchange between a girl and her mother and realizes the heart of the child in the book means unconditional love. And the troll winds up on stage in the costume contest and one of the Murdoch boys starts bullying the troll and so the troll starts attacking him and turns him into a wooden doll in front of the entire audience. The comeuppance on this one is priceless. Yeah, it Karma. deserves it. So everyone scatters and Ernest stands up to it and comes in with his secret weapon, Miak, which is something we were never sure of, but it comes in a jar. Prize, it doesn't work, and the troll tosses Ernest into an Ike scene. That's important, because the troll runs off to custody. That's also a pretty good uh, gag, the Miak. Miak, yep. You didn't think I'd be able to find it this time of year, did you? <laughs> not not yeah, bad. It's good. It's, it's, a good. it's one of the most memorable moments of this. Oh, yeah. The Miak. Yeah. Me, and, me and a couple of my friends still quote that every now and then. <laughs> I don't know why. Just had a, It'll come up out of nowhere. But it's, um, yeah. It, this movie has some pretty good gags in it for an earnest movie. Yeah. 
That's I'm surprised it it only made as much movies money as it did. Yeah, and it it made more than it was it cost. Right, we said it made fourteen. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a modest, like you said, but it still made some money for an Ernest, I guess. Yeah, something. Um, everyone comes back in to help Ernest, and Kenny finds that Rimshot has been turned into a doll too. Now Ernest means business and runs off the tree. And Kenny realizes that the milk is the and recruits a group of kids to help Ernest. And the adults now believe the troll is real, so they all plan to go kill it. Kids go to the store and steal a bunch of super soakers and milk. And Ernest makes it to the tree just after the troll sets the last doll and the pods start to grow and fall out of the tree. Ernest tries to ram the troll with his truck, but it doesn't really work as much as he hoped. And as the pods fall into the ground, they start growing into other trolls coming out of the ground. When the adults arrive at the tree and chaos ensues as Ernest fights the trolls, as the trolls terrorize the parents, the kids show up with milk and start killing the trolls with milk. Tables have turned, so the mo- the main troll goes into the tree and it calls on the troll demons to give him full power. His final form. Kenny and Ernest and his multiple personalities clear out the remaining trolls. Everyone cheers, but Miss Hackmore tries to tell them that it's not over. And then Super Shredder Troll knocks Ernest out of the tree house, yes. leaving <laughs> Kenny alone with the troll. That's exactly what I thought. He, he goes Super Shredder. <laughs> Now the troll is immune to milk and turns Kenny into a wooden doll too. And then the troll jumps down ready to kill Ernest. And as Ernest gets ready to toss milk at it, he realizes that unconditional love is a true way of killing the final troll. So as it runs towards him to kill him, he picks it up and dances around with it, kisses it on the lips, causes the troll to explode. And all the kids come back to normal, come out of the tree, and all the kids reunite with their parents, including Mrs. Hack- Miss Hackmore, and her pioneer-looking family. I don't know how old Miss Hackmore is supposed to be. <laughs> well, that's a good question, right? Because there's no way she she's not over a hundred years old, right? So yeah, so the the first scene is got to be like 1800s, right? At least, yeah. yeah. I said yeah, like Salem era, sense. but it's really probably more 1800s. Right, what Salem was 1600s, right? Yeah, 1691. I think. Yeah, so. Yeah, it'd have to be the it would have to be the late 1800s. Yeah, yeah. I I do think the only person having more fun than Jim Varney in the movie is her kid. Oh yeah, yeah she's so good in this movie. So she's so fun. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Ernest cries because he doesn't think that Rimshot is coming back, which made me cry as a kid. <laughs> that upset me as a kid too. Yeah, poor because Ernest's such a simple, soft-hearted person, and the only thing he ever cares about is Rimshot, and he doesn't think it's coming back. Almost made me tear up watching this again, even though I know full well. He he's basically Lenny, right? He's a Lenny. Mm-hmm. He yeah. just cares about his animal. But then Rimshot comes out of the truck and jumps into Ernest's arms and starts licking him all over his face. We fade out, and that is the end of Ernest Scared. It's a fun time, it really yeah. is. It it held up a lot better than I thought. I mean, I think part of it is the design on the on the the trolls being done by the Kyoto brothers or Chioto brothers. I think I've said that name like four different ways in this podcast. Yeah. Um, or at the kids performance, as we've mentioned, she's great. And Jim Varney's great. This is like, yeah, this is him and his heyday. I guess not really yeah. home, his heyday because this is the last one that went to theaters, but that's a yeah. solid flick. Yeah, I, I think my, my point still stands is that I think my only gripe with this movie watching it now is every so often some of the bits he did just i just do the all right move along i get it i get it let's <laughs> you know like yeah. the the winning the award thing and then he you know points out to the crowd which is probably pretty cool in a movie theater as a kid right um but right. i'm like all right i get the joke okay <laughs> yeah that was probably a big laugh lot of theaters at that back then but again uh, yeah i don't know if that's a an age thing for the movie or an age thing for myself 
But those were the only parts that, you know, I felt, you know, were, were, were a little too slow. I feel like my dad rolled his eyes so hard in the theaters when those moments happened. So, yeah, <laughs> if he wasn't asleep. Yeah. Uh, like this is a serious question and i think the audience wants to know this as well as i do does your dad still hold this against you i don't know i don't know if he remembers this as well as i do but i one of the few things i remember of the year i was six is this exact exchange yeah and and us all knowing your dad i can hear him say stupid earnest yeah in in a very you know mocking way Damn, man, how you how you gonna do that to your six year old kid? <laughs> it's it's not like you're 13, 14 years old when you want to go see Ernest scared stupid. Yeah. Then I'm like, really? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna do this very begrudgingly. Yeah, I don't know uh, what he wanted me to say that I wanted to see. Right. Can we go see Terminator Two? <laughs> I'm sure he would love to see that. Yeah, I mean that was my you know, first, that was I was entirely too young the when. They let me watch that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> hey, we that's it. that's the uh, the 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 burden of being a parent, man. You know, you're you're gonna have good times, and then you're gonna have Ernest scared stupid. Yeah, you just gotta roll with it. I feel like you could do a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. You could see Ernest goes to jail. Hey, that's not a bad one either. Is it, I've never seen it. I just assumed <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> I think oh, I, the ones that went to the movie theater are actually. Yeah. What are we, does he go to Africa? Is that one or is that a Simpsons gag? No, that's Ernest Goes to Africa. That is a real one. Yeah. Okay. So that but, can't be right. But Ernest Goes to Jail, he plays two characters. You know how much that, how we love that. That always goes over well. He plays the evil version of Ernest. And in does he some have a mustache? The... Uh, I think at some point he does. I think in the beginning. Perfect. He either has a mustache or like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Chef's kiss. You don't realize... Um, until you look back at some of the credits that those multiple personality characters that he plays all have names. <laughs> oh, get out of here, really? Credit it as like five different people in some of those early earnest. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope the crew would get a kick out of that. You know what I mean? Like him kind of doing a little bit of a Robin Williams, mon, you know, uh, free forming, just going mm. off the, off the dome. And I, I would hope that the crew would get a kick out of it and they're not just sitting there just fucking Christ, this again. Right. Um, yeah, because yeah, Varney seemed like such a good dude. Yeah. I, I would imagine that he was well-liked by the, the cast and crew. Yeah, now, I don't know if, I'm, if, if I've made this up in my head, but was he like a Leslie Nielsen type that he was like a classically trained actor that just fell into this? That's or was he a comedic actor from the beginning? I Let's think see. he started out in, in uh, commercial. I think that was I'm, his thing. Like, I think it was like Mellow Yellow or something like that. That's where he got his start. Uh, that's where I think Ernest got its start. I was talking about Jim oh, Varney. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, he was a stand-up know. comedian. Okay, so never mind. Because I, I know that's the whole Leslie Nielsen thing when I randomly caught him in like black and white movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. oh, he was a serious actor. Planet Terror. Was, yeah. uh, that was one of his first movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah he was a... Uh, he did some work on some like uh, early sketch shows in the seventies. Johnny Cash one I saw. Or yeah, Johnny Cash and Friends. Yeah, and he was a stand of his special character comedy. Okay, so not even close to what I was got. It. When did he passed away? When 2000? Wow, he's been he's been dead for a long time. I thought yeah, I thought it was in the the tens. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's sad. We, uh, yeah. Cancer, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a shame. All right. You on guys that know. note. Yeah. You guys want to <laughs> plug your shit now? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to change it up because whenever I plug my Twitter, 
nothing fucking happened. So yeah. there's really no need to do that. So uh, I'm, if, if Mark is okay with me yeah. kind of stealing his thunder a little stuff, just give right a quick, I was just going to give a quick shout out to our uh, Extra Life campaign coming up uh, in November. Go ahead. Do your pitch. So, yeah. So every year we've been teaming up with Extra Life and raising money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. It's a 24-hour stream where Mark, myself, Anthony, and some of our friends... Just we, we play video games, we play Dungeons and Dragons, 24 hours, and then we're, we're hoping to raise money, we're going to ha- do some silly things for, for goals that we reach, a lot of fun, and every year it gets better and better. So if you are interested in joining, helping us out, raising some money, having some laughs, uh, I believe the ti- it's tinyurl.com slash markhatesart. Correct. Correct. Okay, so that's where you could donate, and you can donate up until the end of the year, December 31st. So our our goal is, what, $1,000, Mark? Yes. Okay, so we want to reach that $1,000. We need your help. Come hang out with us. Keep us company. Uh, give us some ideas that you want to see us do stupid stuff. And, yeah, that's uh, it, it's going to be November 13th, starting at 9 a.m. at Game Vault uh, twitch.tv slash game vault pod all right mark anything yeah so um to to just add in um to finish up the extra life uh pitch um we will be introducing um a couple of elements to this uh thing that'll hopefully entice more donation and also maybe some slight suffering on us um we're gonna have a wheel of consequences um as as we'll call it where we haven't decided exactly um, what the parameters will be to get us to spin the wheel, but there'll definitely be a wheel. And I've also been talking about uh, my nieces got the uh, home version of Plinko um, from uh, uh, Price is Right, and there could be some cool things we could do with that as well. So I want to start uh, uh, introducing some interactive stuff with the chat and the people that do show up on November 13th um, so that we can um, be able to... You know, not have it just be you watch us play video games and talk in the chat. You'll have some, you know, uh, influence on some things that might happen during the broadcast. So um, be on the lookout for that stuff. But um, yeah, so real quick, uh, Stranger Damies, our D&D podcast, which always leads off Extra Life, um, is airs every other Wednesday. Um, the last episode before Extra Life um, will air next Wednesday. Um, so be sure to check it out and you'll be completely caught up. Um, at some point, um, between then and Extra Life, um, I believe it'll just be the next Wednesday. Um, I don't know if I was going to maybe hold it until the week of Extra Life. Um, but either way, there's going to be, uh, an installment of Talking to Strangers, which is my, uh, interview thing where I basically talk to the players. Um, we'll hype up Extra Life, talk about the campaign so far, and just, uh, go from there. Um, it's usually a good time, about an hour or so, um, uh, recorded, so... Um, be sure to check it out. Um, find it on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. And then we have the Game Vault Podcast, which is our gaming podcast that the uh, Twitch channel is named after. Um, that airs every other Monday. We just had an episode air uh, this week. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Um, we're on all socials at Game Vault Pod. And then, as I mentioned, we stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod. Um, we stream currently three nights a week. Um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, they're each different themes. Tom does old school RPGs. He does a retro roulette game from um, the podcast. 
Uh, Wednesdays, we all get together and play a multi-player uh, shooter. We're trying to play um, Back for Blood, so it's it's us against, uh, you know, PvE sort of thing, you know, against enemies. Um, or we play multiplayer, you know, PvP stuff. Um, we're sometimes joined by guests like Jonathan um, and Dan and stuff like that. It's just sort of our get-together day. Um, and Thursdays is my co-op streams, where I'm currently playing through It Takes Two with Jen. Um, but we'll be having a special uh, friend of the podcast um, play through an entire game co-op with me as we go along. So, um, once again, you can find that all over at twitch.tv slash gamevaultpod. Please send us a follow, um, a subscription if you're able. Use your Prime free Prime subscription on us. We'd greatly appreciate it. And also hit the little bell on there so you're notified when we go live. Okay, great. And we are They Called Smoothie. You can find us on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called Smoothie. So Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we will be there. Just search for They Called Smoothie. We're the mainamy.com. That is our main website. And you can find us on all social media just by searching The Main Amy. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just search The Main Amy and we'll pop right up. Uh, This is basically closing out 31 Days of Horror. I didn't do nearly as many articles as I wanted to or should have, but maybe I'll do a wrap-up and I'll rate and list out the ones that I did to write articles. But uh, yeah, check that out for all our articles, all our shows that we do. We always post things up there. Uh, We are part of Proud Number Geek Vibes Nation. You could find us at gvnation.com and on all podcasts and all streaming podcast streaming apps and all socials just by searching Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely a show for you. Uh, If you want to hit us up on email, if you want to suggest a a movie that you want us to uh, watch, just hit us up at themaindamey at gmail.com. If you have time, please go on to your podcast streaming app of choice. Give us a five-star review. It really helps us get noticed. And that's going to wrap it up. Uh, also, if you want to check out our TikTok, that's TikTok is just search for They Called This Movie and we'll be there. And that's going to wrap it up. So the movie this week was John R. Cherry. Th- was Ernest Scared Stupid, directed by John R. Cherry III. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, it's Anthony Delavecchio telling John R. Cherry III, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.